What's up, Craig? Saturday morning. The Cougs were gonna have a game to play, and Max <laughs> Borgie was gonna save the day. Oh, I believe in Saturday morning. <laughs> then what happened? <sighs> Dude, I don't, went to the store. You don't store. believe in Saturday morning anymore. I, I, yeah, well, we'll talk about that. But I, I went to the, I went to the store, got my snacks, got some dip. Got some yeah. chips. I was ready to go. And then I get home and I look at my phone and all I, I see a text from um, uh, one, of, one of my friends, one of our listeners. I know I'll hear this. And it just said like, like fuck or something like that or frack or whatever. And I was just like, oh no, I knew exactly. Like I, all I saw was yeah. that text and I knew exactly what happened. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, dude, like two hours, not even two hours before the game. I know. Like how shitty was that? Yeah, that just I feel uh, terrible for the players on that. One. I know, just to get and you know, the players and the coaching staff like spend all week preparing for this game. Yeah. They have an idea of how it's going to give out, go, you know, go go and like they have all these plans and they're ready and then, you know, Max Borgie's coming back and you know how hyped he was, you know, like yeah. they're missing all the, you know, not playing a game at all and nothing, nothing. By the way, I should probably mention this is Podcast versus Everyone. I'm Craig Powers. With me is Jeff Neusser. That's uh, us. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Welcome to our show. Welcome to our show, by the way. <laughs> by the way. <laughs> but yeah, what a, what a bummer. It like We just like figure if they're, if they're listening to us, you know, if they have willingly pressed play on this crap, they know what they're listening to. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, you know, it's, it's a bummer. Like it's a bummer for, you know, it. Just when you're you're so ready for the game, and as a fan, you're so ready for the game. Yeah. And like when it's that close, at that point, I knew that you know they'd always tweet this. There'd always be this. The teams have passed their pregame COVID testing. The game is on. But you've seen that over and over again, and it's never been the teams have failed the pregame COVID testing. Never has the team traveled to the other location. Well, not in the Pac-12. It's happened elsewhere. Yeah, not, yeah, not, not in the Pac-12. Clemson yeah, went true. all the way to Tallahassee. And, yeah, that's and true. Then, uh, and then old Dabo couldn't let go of that for about five days. Yeah. Well, but, yeah. And, but and, yeah, but this is, you know, I mean, this is like the worst case scenario, right? I mean, it's like the worst of the worst. Like you, you know, you prepare all week, you get ready, you, you travel, and everybody's just kind of... I mean, like, WSU had even tweeted out the, you know, the pregame uniform pictures, right? Like, all the uniforms hanging in yeah. the lockers. And, and like, they had I Max mean, Borgie's jersey in there, yeah, so everyone's, like, like, hyped and stuff. Everybody was like, yeah, here we go. I mean, Cal's equipment was on the sidelines. Oh, yeah. Like, like they had unloaded everything. Minutes before know? it was canceled, WSU was like... You know, we're playing to getting ready to the game. This game is happening today. All this stuff, you know, because yeah. they were not expecting that. And then Cal apparently was in their bus going to the to from I'm I'm guessing like the residence in or whatever to yeah. the stadium. And that's when they got the call that said one of your players tested positive. Um, and then they had to do their quick contact tracing math. And what it ended up being is they were down to only two defensive linemen, which which is a bummer um weenies weenies come on play with two no but play with two they're they're not i think i think the pac-12 has guidelines for that right so i think position i don't i think the pac-12's no we we play a two six 
two six three. Come on, like, like, I don't know. Well, I mean, we've played with we we've we've played with some small defensive linemen. It's not that big. I don't know. It's look if is if this was the SEC, they probably play. Oh yeah, you know. But in the Pac twelve, and by the way, this is not. You know, it's not a value judgment. I'm not saying like they should have played or shouldn't have played or or whatever. I mean, I think probably uh, you know this whole exercise is incredibly stupid, and um, you know at least in the football environment where there's so many players and you know whatever. But uh, you know, I think caution is warranted still, even though some people are convinced that you know it's not really real or whatever. But I, uh, you know, I think it was probably, probably the right decision. It totally sucks. And just sort of further underscores for me that, uh, we had to write the first time and never should have done this. Yeah. It's it, you know, that there's, there's two ways to think about it. You could be like, just maybe you're right. Just shouldn't have tried because it's been such a headache rescheduling, scheduling. Um, obviously the players wanted to play. Yeah. Uh, if, if that was the case, it doesn't seem like this rapid testing has made any sort of a difference. No. So you should have just... <laughs> if anything, if, it's made it worse. <laughs> yeah. If anything, like you should have just played earlier. Like yeah. if, if, if you were, if you really wanted to get games in, yeah. you should have just started earlier. Like if you, I mean, from a, from a practice standpoint, this has all been just silly and it's hard to, like you've said over and over again, it, it's hard to take seriously when, you know, they're just playing these playing these games just at random, you know, when, when WSU uh, canceled the Apple cup, UW had a different, a different game that week. And, and so it, so it just on a few days notice, we saw BYU fly out to the coastal Carolina, you know? So like, and, and, <laughs> and neither of those teams are ended up in the Brown, you know, the college football playoff, but it was fun to watch, but also like, really, was it that big of a deal? I mean, it's a big deal to players. They want to win whatever but like on the grand scheme of things they're not getting anything more out of it and uh, other than you know that fun but yeah, yeah. it's it it's it's yeah it's it's just like if if you actually at this point it's like if you actually cared about playing the season you should have just started it and yeah got and then given yourself more leeway now you have wsu's playing you know they they've played three games right and and you know, two of them were from their own testing. One of them's from another testing. Yeah. Uh, so they played three games in the course of six weeks uh, or five weeks or no, six weeks. Yeah, six weeks. Uh, yeah. And man. then and and now that's just now they're just you. And of course, you have U Dub who, who's going to play Oregon, and that was the big matchup to decide the Pac-12 North. And they have COVID cases, um, so they have to cancel that. Worked out a hell of a lot better for them to cancel that than it did for, you know, most other teams. <laughs> Pac-12 North champs. Pac-12 North champs. They get to hang the banner even though they're play. totally not going to play in the game. Yeah, played four games, all at home. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. They didn't play it's... Oregon. They didn't play WSU. Yeah. Uh, the thing that makes me laugh the most about it is, is you know, you referenced like in the last week i've i've just gotten increasingly like i cannot take any of this seriously which probably is unfair to the players like like that's the only the only people that's unfair to i think are the players and the coaches like because they they have obviously given it their level best to make some kind of season out of this they have tried and tried and tried 
But it's like, I mean, we're seeing like, okay, on the East Coast and the Southeast where teams have been at this since August, right? And, you know, so you've got teams that are ostensibly qualified for a bowl game just going, nah. Yeah. Like we're, we're good. We like we We're like, good. We played is... the season, we made it to the end. Like we are not doing this for another month. Like fuck this. I've had enough tests. I've had enough, you know, swabs shoved up into yeah, my you, brain. Like these, I, I'm I just mean, I'm, done, these, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. These these like these coaches and staff and and players are getting tested all the time. Every day. And, yeah. Well, every they're day. supposed to be tested every day. Like, and so it's, it, it's, that's gotta be just exhausting. You know, every time our little daughter gets a fever, we will take her and get tested. Like it's, you know, we'll get tested whatever. And that's just once in a while. And that's a pain in the ass. Like just having to be tested all the time. Not to, not to even to speak of the morality of you know using all these right. testing resources so we can play right. college football. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think I've said before. Ask my nurse practitioner, um, a partner who has to go seek out her own testing. They don't provide it at at her work when she gets exposed to a COVID patient <laughs> at a healthcare at, provider. At, yeah, at a, at a healthcare provider. So it's so she they don't even provide it for them. And then right. we're using whatever. Just I don't want to go on too big of a tangent there, but, but yeah. So yeah, I don't know, man. It's just it's well, so and then silly. you think of like, this. Like here's the other thing I think of. Okay, so it's not to me. It's probably not just the testing with them either, because okay, so I, I think we most of us have gotten pretty numb to this, and and have also gotten even the most diligent people have had to, uh, like like compromise in some way. So so. For example, when when this whole thing started and it was like social distancing, like I remember how anxiety ridden I would get just like trying to go to the grocery store. Yeah. And like I'd go in and I'm just thinking like, holy shit, any of these people could have this thing. I got to stay away. I got to steer clear. I got to walk around. I got to like somebody's in that aisle. Never mind. I'll just wait here on the end for 10 minutes if I have to. Like, I'm just like, no. Right. And then. You know, and then we start learning about, okay, the efficacy of masks and and that loosens things up a little bit. So now it's like, you know, I mean, as much as you, and plus there's more people in the stores now. So you, you kind of get numb to, you kind of get used to it. You're wearing the mask, you know, maybe you, you kind of brush, you know, near somebody as they walk by you because maybe they're not very considerate or whatever, but like, you know, you just are kind of like, we've done it enough. The, the anxiety comes down a little bit, but I'm thinking about the players like, okay, if they don't distance properly if they don't wear their masks then entire position groups get wiped out and they can't play the game right so imagine the stress level for them to also need to be uh you you know hyper vigilant about where they sit and how close they are to people and and what they you know i mean just like all of the stress that we had you know every couple days when we go to the grocery store versus they're having it like every minute of every day right now and the As 18 of, to 22 year olds basically yeah. you know and the weight of your team is on you because if you fuck it up like you you could potentially knock out half your team with contact tracing so it's it, that's just a lot of weight to put on people and i can completely 100% see how they are just you know how they're just burned out and fried like i, I can i absolutely can see i don't know if that's happening in the pack 12 just cuz they haven't been at it as long but yeah 
but still it's you know it it is i totally recognize how much of an investment this has been for the players and the coaches and how hard they've worked uh to try and pull it off so so in that respect you know i, I don't i'm not laughing at the silliness in terms of them like i like i admire you know the players and who who you know are not getting paid for this we've, we've been over this before but um you know, trying to make do, trying to make the best of it, trying to play a sport, most of them, right? Like are playing because they really want to play. And so, you know, they're trying to do that while, you know, we're, while those of us on the outside, like, I can't look at this and not think that the whole exercise is just completely absurd. Like, and I can't, I can't not smile or laugh at, at, at the observers and the college football writers and the fans who are like dead serious about all this. I'm I'm just like, (laughs) I just like I can't take it seriously. I can't take any of it seriously, man. I, I, I just like I can't. It's well, a farce. Well, as we know, there is lots of TV money on the line because if you watch any college football broadcast, mm-hmm. the commercials have been ramped up. Eight thousand commercials <laughs> yeah, every so game. They're trying to they're trying to pull every every last penny out of whatever game they can yep. get. I yes, can't like are. so. I you you were talking about the players. Basically, what it what is reported there was one player. I think that the Pac-12 reported that there was one player that tested positive for COVID on on Cal, yeah. And just and you know, it's something I, I assume something similar has happened at every school. And it just all you have to do is have enough people that were in contact. And you're yep. talking about a position group. How many defensive linemen you had had traveling with you? Like maybe like six to eight. Yeah, so, I wonder if it had happened before they left. If they you know, the, you mentioned the guidelines, the roster guy. I think they're just guidelines. So I think yeah, if they had, yeah. had some walk-ons that they felt comfortable with, yeah, they could have brought them that had traveled, them. then maybe. But they probably didn't travel, right? So, you know, yeah. you're stuck. You're stuck in Pullman with not enough players, and yep, away you go. Yeah. So yeah, you you know, four of those guys are out, and suddenly you don't have a defensive line anymore. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe if they were still playing the air raid. The air raid that they wouldn't, they've been like, ah, two is fine. We can, we can roll with that. We're dropping nine. Drop nine. Yeah, screw dropping eight. We're dropping nine. <laughs> Beat this. Yeah. Mike I, Beach. Seriously, that was, a, that was a big bummer, though. That We're going to drop 11. Ha ha. Like, I don't know. That was a big bummer. I, I can't imagine, like, I, you know, I don't feel bad that bad for the people running uh, the, the college football broadcasting on Fox, but seriously, like, they're just like two, uh, like, Two hours before the game, they're yeah. already halfway through the game. That's before this game, and suddenly it's like, well, what are you gonna, what are you gonna throw in there? And I think they had like an the infomercial or something. Oh, I'm, sh- I'm sure that's what it was. I, it, I think I heard or a rerun of something. Yeah, but it's supposed to be on. It's supposed to be on Big Fox, right? Like it was. Yeah, supposed it was to Big be Fox. On, yeah, uh, know, one o'clock, a good, you know, four o'clock Eastern. Great. Yeah, time. I mean, that's a prime prime slot. Yeah. Oh well, I don't know. It's you know. Whatever, I guess. I mean, Cal. So Cal is already they they're not playing next weekend. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's been canceled. Yeah. Uh, Arizona also has its own COVID issues. Although, <laughs> I I kind of wonder if they just kind of went. Uh, let's. How we can we just get lost out of this seventy game? to seven? We just lost by sixty three points. We just fired our coach. Do we really want to play a seventh game? Oh yeah, we have we have we have we have the COVID too. Hey, tell them tell them we got COVID. We have COVID. Okay, fine. We'll cancel the game. <laughs> like, like, yeah, like, please don't I, reschedule I legitimately us. wonder if that was part of the conversation. 
Like, what what kind of excuse can we come up with? Tell them we have COVID. Okay, we have COVID. But yeah, so th- it's it was interesting during while USC was still playing UCLA, th- the Pac-12 announced the the conference championship matchup. Yeah, that was bizarre. It's like so if UCLA USC finishes four and one and Colorado finishes four and one and they didn't play each other, you're still like it's USC. Is it because of the ranking or you know whatever? I don't know. Like I, I, I'm, know, I assume yeah. it's going by the assumed higher like college football playoff ranking. If you USC would have lost to UCLA, they might have dropped out entirely. So I don't know how they would have yeah. decided that. It's very weird I to me. Um, but yeah, you I there I. Most teams, when they do this, every team in the Pac-12, as far much as I can remember, when they cancel one, they cancel two. Yeah. So I have a hard time the only, believing. The only team that hasn't done it is USC. And they oh, yeah, pushed our right. game back to Sunday. That extra day got enough people out of isolation to be for USC to be able to play that game. But it seems but like they the, were they were lucky. They were lucky. The, the TV slot for the Pac-12 championship game is much was much more set in stone a long time ago. It's Friday. Yeah, so I there's wonder. There's no way UW's playing in that game. Yeah, there's no way they're playing it's not on happening. Friday if they push it back to. But they've already said that that. And you, they're not going to push it back. That or they said because they've said if to, if you want to take this even less seriously, <laughs> there are backup teams for the championship game in Los Angeles. That, that's is ridiculous. <laughs> like there are backup teams for the game. Oregon like, and Colorado. This is not a joke. Oregon and Colorado are going to be in Los Angeles. They're to playing play, each other to play their game if. Neither of the teams drop out of the Pac-12 championship. It's so. I mean, come on, man. I, I do think. I think what are was, we even doing? I, I don't know if it was, if Wilner uh, shared this or if he was just agreeing with it. I think he was just agreeing with it. Like someone mentioned, I think it was a USC fan even just said, "Just give USC the title. Don't bother with this. Like, like even you can still play the game, but." Like if it's Oregon, like if you're getting the second place, like team from the Pac-12 North comes and then beats USC and gets to then Oregon gets the Rose Bowl berth, right? Like it's kind of like seriously, how serious is this? It's like, insane. Like, well, <laughs> like my favorite thing that Wilner does right now is he is like literally trying to apply real world logic to the whole situation. Oh yeah, and he's saying things like, "Well, this team has it's, got an extra week to prepare." Oh my and god! I'm just like what the fuck like like just like <laughs> oh my that was in, that was insane like like oh my god like oh someone's gonna have extra prep time like what like you, no, that you would dub, not be fair i'm like you, just, all this shit's out the window right now you dub didn't know they were going to play usc <laughs> two weeks in advance like you dub didn't know like it, and that's even ridiculous. if they did who cares, who cares? like who cares who cares the, right there's now? There's been games that it's have been so played stupid. on on three days prep. Like it's like who cares? And the, what are they? They're like they're doing their best teams a disservice. It's like they're not getting in the college football playoff. If, yeah. if that's what you're nobody's intimating, getting like, in the college. They're football not getting playoff. in the college. That, those teams are pretty much set at this. It was point. a pipe like, dream from the beginning because they just didn't. You, they you really didn't have enough games that it. I see, and I think it's not even that. Like, well, it is, but it isn't. Okay, so I'm thinking like. With every win, you have a chance to move up, right? Mm-hmm. And and so teams that don't start at the top, right? So if you start at the top, if you're if you're you know Ohio State is the perfect example, right? If you're already at the top and you play six fucking games, like okay, fine, 
right? You, you're still at the top. Everyone's like, well, there. of course Ohio yeah, State's of, one of the of best course, teams, so we'll, course, we'll do what we need right? to do to get them there. If you, you know? start the season at 20 – or and this has happened to WSU, you know, however many years, right? Like we we've had numerous years where we've started the season unranked, and not not like numerous. I don't want to make it sound like it's a common occurrence, but but we can point to multiple years where they started the year unranked or ranked low, and it took all fucking season of eventually winning like nine or ten games to climb up into the top ten. Right. And so that was USC's issue is they started what they started like 20. Right. Yeah. And so so now they've won five. They've gone five and oh. And granted, they haven't won by huge margins against teams of questionable questionable quality. But but there's also an element of, you know, you're they're just you have to keep winning and keep passing the teams that are losing. And they just haven't done that because they've only played five games, you know. Yep. So uh, it was never going to happen in the first place. Also, there's just a general like. I mean, just what the 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 idea of the Pac-12's place, yes, in in That's in this part. in this hierarchy is now very firmly below the other conferences. So, like yep. the any win in the Pac-12 doesn't even carry with it does not register. the value that a win in the I SEC. Mean, you got win. one ranked team right now. Yeah, it's USC. So I mean, because you had luck. Oregon, everyone thought, oh, they're the one. They can get there. They've lost twice. Yeah, it's pretty like, clear right away with them that they were not of yeah. that level. So, and we know they anyway. lost a lot of people, opt outs and stuff. So, yeah, they weren't so. the team that they were never going to be the team that people thought they were. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, so Utah. There's one more game, Woo! maybe. Who knows? We think. Like, I mean, <laughs> who knows with all the rearranging that may happen <laughs> this week? I don't know. Well, I the only way the game doesn't get played is if one of our one of our two teams, you know, has a COVID yeah. outbreak. Like that's, you know, say, that is I, the good thing. Like Colorado could legitimately get, get hosed. I don't know if they're creating a backup plan with like, I don't know, a mountain West team or something. I mean, I have no idea, but, um, good but that Colorado, Colorado State game in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Colorado is, is almost certainly going to be left without an opponent. So, and I yeah. thought maybe they were going to have Arizona to play it because figuring Cal, since they had a positive test, you know, they're probably going to be missing another game. Which is which has happened, but obviously, again, sounds like Arizona's got its own issue. So, I don't know. Colorado is – I don't know what they're going to do, but they, they will not have a Pac-12 opponent to play, I imagine. I mean, Stanford's going down and playing UCLA. So. Yeah, yeah, I don't – and we'll just – Split squad? Uh, to, to, to the point of the <laughs> WSU-Utah game, Yeah, I cannot think of – like a bigger middle fit, like they could like a bitter, bigger middle finger to WSU in both team and all in location team time of who they're playing. Yeah. Cause one, yeah, Utah, I can see how they ended up with Utah, honestly. So whatever, like, cause you know, they, they probably wanted Stanford and, and UCLA to play each other, the California thing. Um, you're having you, you, you Oregon and Colorado play each other as the potential replacements um cal and arizona whatever um like like you said they may have been hoping that arizona could be the backup for to play colorado so yeah they may well, also have already known that arizona had an issue yeah that's possible too but so. yeah and then i i guess like geographically uh utah's the one of the closer ones other than the northern california teams who are already in wsu's division yeah um so uh yeah 
yeah so i i mean obviously all the oregon teams too but they've played them and and but uh right but yes i but seriously why does it have to be at 10 30 a.m and why does it have to be at utah wsu played at utah last year like yeah. why does wsu have to go to utah yeah it's utah should be coming to pullman like like that's it <laughs> i mean i'm sorry utah should be coming to pullman utah's played four games they've had two at home and two on the road WSU has played, you know, three games, one at home, two on the road. You know, they, they should get another home game unless WSU said we don't want another home game, which I I, 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 I guess is possible. Well, and we we also can't know imagine that what would lead to that. We know that the one thing that WSU asked for in this whole stupid schedule was to start the season at home. Right. And they didn't get that. Right. So I obviously WSU ain't getting what it wants in any of this. No. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Maybe it was a network thing. They'd rather it's easier for them to get to Salt Lake, Salt Lake City, City instead Maybe. of Pullman, which it definitely is. But yeah. I, it's frustrating that that you know they have to travel when they travel to Utah. Like there's just there's there's other than the the only thing that makes sense to me is the the kind of the TV stuff because yeah. everything else is yeah. like doesn't really make sense to me yeah. like you because you, you you'd automatically say from a competitive standpoint well wsu traveled to utah last year yeah well utah's already had more home games yeah so those two are that would be easy to say yeah we'll have them have wsu play at home i mean are they trying to gin it up so that i, I mean I, I tend not to buy into like the these i just don't know if the pac-12 is smart enough to do any of this but like if this were the sec you know, you could go, okay, what's the, you know, are we playing 4D chess here, right? Like is, you know, because, <laughs> brain. yeah, I mean, like is, you know, d- does the conference benefit more from Utah or WSU winning? And if it's Utah winning, then how does that affect other things? And I, I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe Utah has its sights on going to a bowl game, you know, and they've got to pick up one more win before the conference. Will, I don't know. Maybe, you, I don't know if you have to have a winning record or just a non-losing. I mean, I don't even know. But I know the Pac-12 was like, we're not letting our losing teams go to a bowl game. So, you know, if if uh, Utah loses the game, then they can't go to a bowl game. And maybe I, yeah. so I, who knows? I don't know. I don't fucking know. And, <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's something that went into it that we have no idea about. The TV explanation sounds as plausible as anything, you know, just easier to get all the stuff there cheaper for the network. I, I, I'd buy that. I'd buy yeah. that, you know. So, so but, whatever. Yeah. I can't get mad about it. Though. I mean, I, I assume you're not mad. I'm not. I, mad. I'm not it's, mad. It's just, I just think it's, it's just whatever. It's silly. You know, it's, like, it's like I feel bad for the players. I feel bad for the players having to you know get on whatever. A plane. And and the guy who drives the the equipment trunk who's got to drive yeah, over drive over, over a, you know Salt through Lake a couple of mountains past yeah. you know to get there. Yeah. Um. In the middle of winter. In the middle of winter, that's not a great drive. <laughs> in the middle of winter, it's some high elevations. Like, um, how much snow is there going to be at that game? I don't know. I don't know. Man. I don't know. Let's look. Hold on. If you talk for a sec, I'll look up the. Yeah. I'll look up the. I, I don't have anything to say. Now I got a banter. I got. I know. Ta- I got make something you're, up. You're a professional you're, talker. Well, yeah. I don't know. Like we'll preview <laughs> the game on Friday, and most likely, if if we get around to it this week. I'm. I, by the way, cheers to us for not doing a preview 
for the yeah. cow game. Um, <laughs> that, that that worked out really well. Although I did spend plenty of time writing up a fifteen hundred word written preview. Yeah, um, I spent on my Friday night. What a fun time! What a thing, fun thing to do on Friday night. Um, uh-huh. for a game that ultimately and then I also before I went to bed at like one o'clock in the morning realized I needed to make the TV <laughs> the TV schedule post and so I did that um, and 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 so I spent all that time got less sleep um, on Friday night just so I could have that post up in the morning and and what a waste of time that was yeah all right so the weather report so according to dark sky my dark sky app it says 31 degrees and overcast right now at 11 o'clock in salt lake city on saturday so yeah shouldn't be too bad but 31 degrees mm. (laughs) it'd be cool to get back to beating utah i know that but yeah that would be cool wouldn't that be nice to like go out there and then just be like you know give them the middle finger and beat utah again in the morning yeah yeah i mean utah is no juggernaut so whatever nah. nah they're playing better now but i don't know jake bentley's still their quarterback so all right jeff i don't know if you looked at your phone but i have we have a we have a we have a guest coming up do we want to spoil it or we we'll just wait we'll make them wait uh sure. we have a we have a guest coming up um that person just texted us and said they are ready to go and so we've basically just been killing time until yeah. they were ready to get on the get on the the podcast so yeah um yeah let's uh i you know um just uh um quick transparency i am drinking imperial smells like bean spirit from microphone brewing mm. um and then jeff is also drinking a beer i'm sure it's good um, luna muerta by wayfinder Vienna, ah, very Vienna good style that, lager that is an excellent beer um, I agree. But yeah, so just hang with us on this break. And then we're going to talk, you know, maybe some hoops, maybe some football. I don't know. It depends on who our guest is. Um, you'll have to wait and see. It's probably hoops. <laughs> we're back. We're back and we have a guest. Woo! Um, he's been on with us before. couple times. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't know. There's much more to say. He was working today. Yeah, you probably he saw him on TV. Um, yeah. and his name is John Andershay. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> See, I, I think you guys are just going back to the well. You know, whenever you, whenever you run out of content or you don't have a guest, it's like, ah, well, we, we could call up John. He might join us. That's a, that. Uh, We've we've been caught. We've been found out. (laughs) No, no. Yeah. No, I mean, John, I don't know if you know this, but our fans are very excited about the basketball program. That's good. We are too. (laughs) I would hope so. No, we're off to a good start. You know, 5-0 is is great. It's certainly uh, better than the alternative. You know, Um, we're, we're a team work in progress. You know, we're the Cougs are under construction right now. You know, so we're just trying to take it one day at a time. We've got a young team um, trying to get better. I think we're ahead of where we expected to be defensively at this point and probably a little behind where we expected to be offensively, you know. But um, all in all, I think we're kind of where we wanted to be and we just got to keep getting better every day. 
Yeah. Was, was there any world in which you imagined the shooting defense being top 10 in the country after, uh, after five games? Because that's where you guys are at right now. Um, I mean, that's, that's pretty lofty for sure. I, I mean, I think we felt this summer with some of the guys we recruited and some of the guys like Vova that we expected to play more minutes that that area of the game was going to improve for us. You know, we thought um, rim protection, two-point field goal percentage defense, uh, those were areas that should be better this year and should be in that top 50, top 75 type range. Um, FA is probably even a little bouncier, a little more athletic, a little better there the, than we expected, you know, and, and Vova's done a nice job there. And, and then the rest of the guys are, are keeping people in front. That always helps. It's a lot easier to, uh, protect the rim if you're not giving up those hemorrhages, uh, constantly. It, it seems like you guys have, have kind of changed up the philosophy just a tiny bit. Like you were you know, really comp. It seemed like really compensating for the fact that you didn't have a rim protector last year by, you know, really being aggressive in the passing lanes, really overplaying for turnovers, things like that. And the turnovers, you know, the turnovers forced are down a little bit this year, but like the defense overall is better. And, uh, you know, when you've got, you know, somebody at the rim erasing shots the way, the way FA does, and Vova had a couple blocks today. Um, you know, when you, when you've got teams thinking twice, I mean, I just think to that Oregon state game, I, I remember there was one drive where Ethan Thompson kind of snaked his way toward the basket and he kind of lost track of where FA was. And he just kind of looked over his shoulder and was like, uh, I don't really know where this guy is. And he kind of dribbled out of, he dribbled into the lane and out of the lane and then kicked it out. Cause he was just like, I, I do not need this basketball uh, shoved back in my face. And I, I like, I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, kind of talk about how you guys have, have, have morphed the defense to fit the personnel this year. Yeah. You know, it's, it's constantly evolving to, to, to be honest with you. You know, I, I would say, for the most part, though, um, our principles are much more similar to last year than different. We're still kind of fundamentally a team that wants you wants to keep you out of the middle of the floor, keep you out of the paint, um, make you drive baseline, and and we still work hard to uh, not make it easy to uh, reverse the ball around the perimeter, to not make it easy to catch in the high post. Um, uh, things like that, 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 you know, we got to see last year and that guys like CJL will be used really well to get a lot of steals and, and, uh, create some havoc. But, um, some things are a little bit different too. I mean, FA, FA causes problems at the rim and can block some shots. So because of that, he has a little more latitude to, you know, rotate over and try to block a shot. And, and what that means defensively is we got to pick him up. You know, when he leaves his man to block a shot, we have to pick up his man in the dunker uh, down in the post, not let him drop off to him. And and even the bigger part of that is we've got to be able to block that dude out um, when we go contest the contest the ball handler on a runner or on a on a layup, something like that. So um, we're we're still working through it. I'm I'm hoping we're we're getting better as we're going. That's that's kind of the goal is to be the best defensive team we can be once uh Pac-12 play, you know, kind of begins fully, you know. We had we had our one early game, but once we're uh kind of all the way into the Pac-12 season. Um and then I, I think our fans can pick up on this pretty easily, but 
the way Vova and the way FA defend ball screens, um, those two things, they're, they're not similar, right? So mm-hmm. FA is very uh, aggressive up there using his lateral quickness to try to stop the ball, to try to uh, uh, intimidate the ball handler, make him get the ball out of his hand quickly. Uh, whereas Vova's almost a one-man zone at the rim. You know, he's kind of playing back off the pick and roll, letting him get downhill a little bit and trusting that, uh, you know, he can make it hard. He can just wall up, doesn't have to block a ton of shots. Um, but if he just goes straight up, they're going to have a hard time finishing over him. Well, even just even with that strategy with Vova, he's still blocking kind of an, at shots at an elite rate. He's at 11.4% right now, which is, you know, crazy high. And what you would expect from a seven-one guy, of course, but and but on Effa, um, you, you talk about having to rotate, but he's so impressively athletic that he will go for a block shot and then bounce back and grab a rebound. I saw him do that multiple times against Portland State, and he's done it multiple times throughout the year. It just, I did you realize what you had in him when you were recruiting him? Obviously, you knew you were getting an athletic guy, but. Did you expect him to be this far along so quickly? Uh not not quite, but we we knew he had a chance. I mean, he was pretty uh hidden just because of his injuries that, you know, he, he was a big question mark. Like we knew we knew that could go in a ton of different directions and we knew the upside there was really 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 high. You know, but but I would say to a man, we're we're pretty happy with where he's at so far, no question. And how quickly did you learn how to pronounce his last name? <laughs> well, well, I just I just kind of uh, figured it out about a week ago, so I, I guess it's taken a while. Well, That's you're good, not alone it, in it, that. <laughs> yeah, you're not alone. Apparently, it took uh, it took Heister and Dickow you know, two games before they got it. And I got a question from a fan today. Now, how do you actually pronounce it? And I'm like, okay, here's this tweet from theo where fa actually pronounces it for us which you know that's that that's what that's what we've gone with so uh that that definitely seemed to make the most sense um one of the things about fa2 like it's just like our fans are okay so (laughs) i mean our our fans are like incredibly intrigued by by some of these guys i mean first of all you got their attention with a recruiting class that was you know leaps and bounds above anything we've had you know, certainly recently. Um, and then to see a guy like FA, like we just don't get, we just don't get big guys like that. And, you know, to watch the way that he gets off the floor and erases shots is, is truly remarkable. And he's a, he's a pretty elite, yeah, he's a pretty elite rebounder too, uh, when he's not, you know, climbing over people's backs, but, um, you know, like super elite rebounder. And yet, you know, the, the, it seems like the defensive rebounding has kind of been, a little hit and miss at times. Like I think even today um, it seemed like maybe weren't quite prepared for Portland state's um, tenacity. I know obviously you miss CJ in that respect, you know, best rebounder on the team last year. Um, you know, how are you guys trying to maybe cope with that absence and, 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 and pick up the, the defensive rebounding to a consistent level? Cause I know that that's a huge um, area of emphasis for you guys in the way you play defense. Yeah. I, I think it's a really complicated question with a lot of different things so what I, what I mean by that is uh one obviously we're we're pretty injured you know what I'm sure you'll ask me at some point mm-hmm. but you know t- 
Tony's been out for a while. Jazz has missed the last couple games. Um, you know, Rodman, Rodman went down today. We'll see uh, how soon he'll be back. Um, you know, Carlos has been out. Whatever. There's been some guys that we think would help in that area that haven't always been available. Um, now, now the second piece of it is three of the teams, at least that we've played so far, are teams that maybe you don't look at their name and go, that is a great offensive rebounding team, but they're really good offensive rebounding teams. Like Portland State last year was number six in the country in getting offensive boards. Um, so it's it's a huge, huge part of their program. Uh, trust me, it was something we emphasized, something we were nervous about um, because they send four to five guys to the to the glass every single shot. And that's that's not something you see a lot in college basketball. You know, most teams are either just sending their four and five or they're sending maybe their three also. They're not sending their point guard or their shooting guard. Um, so so they, they make it tough there. If you send four guys to the rim, you're, you're going to get some offensive boards. Um, but then beyond that, we got to do a better job too. You know, we gotta we got to block out better. we got to pursue the ball a little bit better. I, I think our players know that. I think our staff knows that. And, um, you know, it, we know what's coming in league. Uh, we know those teams – make a living getting on the glass and uh, it's something we got to do, you know, but, but uh, Portland state's really good there. Uh, Texas Southern is actually really good there. And then uh, Oregon state so far, every game they play, they've gotten a ton of offensive boards. So that's uh, a strength of their team for sure. We'll say still, yeah, even with that, um, we've talked about, there's been, you guys have created less turnovers, less and gotten probably less rebounds, partially obviously what you said because of the teams you're playing but still the the defense has been uh you know basically 0.86 points per possession or less for every single game which is (laughs) just pretty good that's yeah that's kind of absurdly (laughs) low to to maintain that um i i guess we can kind of move on to maybe a player i think that has um a lot of kook fans really excited um uh, and noah williams uh, he the first game against texas southern was pretty much a non-factor on offense but since then he's really looked like that guy that's made a huge stride offensively that jump shot wow like hitting three pointers like i don't think anyone expected that well obviously anyone outside of the program didn't expect that um but he's still just uh today against portland state he really took over for a time and and got buckets when the when the team really needed them so um what, what can you talk about what noah's done to improve and 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 how that impacts you guys yeah i mean obviously thrilled with what noah's brought to the table so far and and i think he'll be able to sustain that you know noah Noah cares a lot about Washington State basketball. Like he is really, really proud to be a Coug, um, and and just you know wants us to be really good. Wants to see us win. Um, great competitor, and I'm I'm glad you brought him up too because you know I I'd be remiss if I didn't mention him um, when we're talking about our our defensive improvements and and kind of what we've done so far. I mean he is he's been tasked every single game this year with defending their best perimeter score, you know? So whoever it is tonight, it was Scott. He was their leading uh, points per game guy coming in. Um, Noah has taken that on and, and, you know, I think he's knocked out everyone so far. 
Um, you know, knock on wood, he's got to got to keep it going. We need him to keep doing it. But uh, he's he's really good keeping people in front, harassing them, denying them catches, um, doing doing a great job there. And then um, offensively, you know, he's he's been great. He's been really coachable and um, you know getting other guys involved, taking what the defense has given him and. And he's worked extremely hard on his jumper, you know, and I, I think it's 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 clearly uh, cleaner. It's clearly, you know, something he's more confident in. And uh, when he shoots it, we think it's going in for sure. You know, we're we're excited about it. We like when they go under. We like when they close out short um, on him. Those are those are good shots for us, you know. So um, hopefully he'll he'll keep it rolling. Uh, we're we're thrilled, but but not shocked. He's a good player. We we knew he was a good player and. Uh, Hopefully he'll uh, keep it going. We can already see, you know, the benefits of that, of that jump shot, because, you know, there are pockets of space now that are opening up for him to put the ball on the floor. Like people are, are cognizant of, of what he can do out there. And today I think was just as like perfect example of, of kind of everything that we hope he can be right. I mean, he, you know, he hit a couple threes or hit hit one, three, um, hit a three, hit a couple mid range shots. I mean, the one at the end of the game where he just kind of, you know, nudged the defender and, you know, hit a little, little jumper there on the baseline and, you know, got to the rim a couple times. I think, um, I think that's the sort of thing. I, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not sure you guys would say this, but like, you know, as fans, I think we kind of went, okay. So first of all, we're like, okay, it reminds us all of, of Kyle Weaver, right? We've all been in search of the next Kyle Weaver for, you know, for a decade or whatever. Um, but you know, it, and, and it is remarkable the things that he does in, in his all around game. Um, but I, I think that, you know, for me at least I was like, yeah, I mean, if, if he can be what he is right now, I'm like, if he can be that when he's a junior, that's pretty good. Um, right now he's, he's doing as a sophomore. I know the challenge is going to be, you know, to keep it up as, as the competition goes up, but, but man, it just, it looks so darn sustainable. Yeah, no doubt. He, he plays super hard and, uh, and he's really competitive. You know, he's, he's the guy that if we're playing two on two in practice, uh, he's doing everything he can to win that game. You know, he's, he's trying to get away with a foul here and there, you know, he'll toe the line a little bit. And, and that's a good trait. You know, those, the guys that win for you, uh, want to win at everything. You know, it's, it's very hard to kind of just go through the motions and practice and then be a killer in games. And, and I think, uh, Noah's kind of taken that, that role upon himself, uh, you know, to be the guy or one of the guys that, you know, kind of make sure, make sure the Cougs win, make sure we, uh, we pull through, you know, so. Uh, I, I think it all goes down back to his roots, you know, where he's from his, uh, obviously his dad played here, was an awesome player. Um, he's proud to be here. You know, it, it means, it means a lot to a lot of our players and, and all of our players, but I think it means a little extra to him. One, one thing, obviously we, we got to talk about, you have a lot of freshmen. Uh, we've already talked about Effa quite a bit. Um, let's talk about some of the other ones. Obviously, um, Yakimovsky's gotten a lot of minutes. Uh, Bamba has been a, been a key rotation player. Uh, what do you, what, what are you seeing from the impact on, from the freshmen and what are, what are you expecting and hoping from them now? Yeah. Uh, I, I think they're doing well so far. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's really hard to get in there and, uh, and do it as a freshman. And it, it's even harder, uh, during COVID when you don't get a spring and a summer to, uh, kind of work on your game and, and more importantly, 
learn our system, learn how we defend stuff, uh, whatever it may be, you know. So, um, you know, those guys got here a little late, got here um, end of July, early August, mid-August, something like that. Um, and they've just been working hard as hell trying to, trying to catch up and, and, uh, you know, learn our, our schemes defensively. And, and that's, that's where I think they've spent their most time is, uh, is trying to, trying to get up to speed on, on defense and, uh, and to a man, I, I think they've done a good job. You know, I think as they keep playing kind of the, the turnovers will, will come down, um, They'll probably finish a little better from two, make a little better decisions. Uh, that that just takes time, and that's part of making the transition from, you know, playing Colorado high school ball to playing at the Pac-12 level or playing, you know, going from playing in Macedonia um, in FIBA rules, different style of play, different style of guards, different style of defense and offense um, to playing at this level. So. Um, it's, it's a big transition for both of them, but I think they're doing a really nice job so far. Bamba has impressed me tremendously. I know that, uh, you know, coach Smith would sort of like when, it, when people were talking about the recruits and he, he would just almost do this like little bit of a, uh, you know, Hey, don't, don't basically don't sleep on, on Bamba. Right. And we were all like, yeah, okay. You know, not really a very heralded recruit. I mean, I'm sure he's nice, but you know, whatever, um, his athleticism and his strength, um, and, and not just that, but it's sort of his maturity. Uh, he just seems to have a calmness and a patience and a, uh, I, I don't know, like he just seems older than he actually is. And, um, you know, he, he's exciting. He played a great game today. Um, yeah, maybe just talk a little bit about uh, about him and is again is 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 this what you thought you were getting when you recruited him? Yeah, so so I actually wasn't the one personally that that recruited him. Um but what we expected to get from him is is kind of what he's brought to the table so far. You know, I think we thought he was a good athlete for this level that um would be able to defend multiple different positions on the perimeter uh and then would kind of make his his uh make his mark offensively by slashing the rim, drawing fouls, um, collapsing the defense, that sort of thing. And, and that's what he did today. He was good in transition, getting downhill. He was good driving off a closeout. He had a big and one right in front of our bench um, where he rammed in there. Um, so he's, he's young. He's hungry. He wants to be good. Uh, he's working a lot on his shot. It's getting better and better. He made one tonight. Um, I think he's going to be a reliable shooter, if not already. I, I already trust him um, shooting those things. But um, he, he's he's getting better and better, and, and he's got a good college-ready body that should be able to defend and rebound. And I, I think that's kind of a common theme of uh, of really all the guys we, we try to recruit in this class. Yeah, that's a good point because uh, the way Bomba has attacked the rim – uh, particularly today when he made a couple uh, shots where he just had to power through uh, defenders. And, and it should be said that Portland State doesn't have your typical kind of uh, big sky lineup. They had big dudes on their front line and, and, and you know, a lot of high major recruits and stuff or, or transfers. Um, so he was just able to power through on a couple of things. And you can see the strength. They just look at him. But – a lot of times with freshmen, they still can't finish that way. So it's really encouraging to see a slasher like that 
Because we've had guys that can slash like that before that, that were athletic, but not just be able to finish um, so early. So he's already, you know, making more shots than he misses, and he's already getting to the free throw line quite a bit. Obviously, you know, some of the, the late fouls helped today, but um, and, and, and the style at which Portland State plays helped, you know, get, get some of your guys to the line. But uh, but Bamba just it, – it, it's impressive just to have – again, we'll go back to this. We're not used to having these guys that are that physically ready um, at WSU, especially he's, – he's basically a perfect, like, wing size already. He's our perfect wing strength and size um, uh, to, to be able to do this, the style of basketball that he plays. And, yeah, like you said, that, that shot – already already to um be able to hit um threes even you know i wouldn't expect him to hit half of his threes the whole year but if he can just hit you know a third of them and then he's suddenly a threat out there and that that seems to open up what he can do um so yeah it's uh he's a really exciting player and and it's nice to see him getting um having a nice game today to to sort of deliver on some of that yeah for sure he's he's doing great and uh just you know like all of them just kind of keep their head down and Keep getting the gym and and uh, and get better. I think he's got a good career ahead of him. What are some of so maybe walk us through a little bit some of the the injury situations and, and maybe you could even just do kind of a sooner or later <laughs> designation, uh, like not to get into too many specifics about you know when guys might or may not be coming back from a from a game plan standpoint for your opponents. But um, you know I, I know that you know some people are wondering about Tony Miller who we saw in the first game and haven't seen since. Is that is that a sooner or later situation, hopefully? Um, yeah, I, I think he's a little bit later. Um, but we'll we'll definitely see him in league. You know, this is not a season ender or anything like that. Um, I'm not sure he'll be ready to play this next game, but um, he's getting better. He's getting getting closer, moving along, moving in the right direction. And then Jazz Kuntz uh, turned up with, with an injury before the last game. Um, sooner or later on him? Yeah, I would say sooner on him. I would say sooner on him. So I, I actually don't have the exact information on, on uh, those two guys or maybe some other guys you might ask uh, about. But um, I do think we'll see him in the near near future. Rodman's ankle looked pretty bad. <laughs> do, do, you guys, do you guys think it's, it's uh, not great? Um, I mean, well, you guys saw the same thing we did, you know? Yeah. You got no, uh, more current information than we do. I mean, he'll probably see a doctor within the next, uh, 24 hours to get a, get a, a clearer sense on it. Um, it does not seem to be something that'll take him out for the year or, um, out for the season or anything like that. Um, and, and, and things with the ankle are, uh, are, um, you know, there's a wide range of outcomes. Like they can look really bad at the time or even after the game. And then the guy can play the next day or the next, uh, the next game. I've seen that before. Uh, they can also look not too bad. And then the guy's out for, for two months. So it's, it's, uh, it's hard to say. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm not really hiding anything from you cause, uh, I don't know. So <laughs> that's where we're at on that one. Uh, Jefferson Koulibaly, who was thought to, to get some time at point guard, uh, has, has had his arm in a sling. Is that, is that a season ender on that one? Yeah, I, I believe coach already kind of mentioned that. Okay. That's almost certainly a, or highly likely to be a, a season ender. And then last one, Carlos Rosario hasn't played for you guys yet, but, um, it seemed like he was in uniform. 
just hasn't gotten in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's available. He's still dealing with some challenges, um, that I would say limit his ability to play at his very best, you know, or, or up to his potential. Um, but, but he's moving in the right direction. So he's, He's somewhere between a sooner and a, and a later. <laughs> not, I'm not really sure what to say there, but um, he's coming along. He's good. We love him. We think he's going to be good. Yeah. So I, I actually just uh, a thing you said earlier about um, you were you know you you're confident in Bamba. You said you you guys with Noah. You when he lets a three fly, you you believe it. Um, obviously, uh, you know I've looked at Smith's teams from past years. The three point shot has been you know a big part of it um so far it's you know this may be a combo of the the teams you face too um who can there there's been a lot of teams you've played that i've seen that chase three-pointers off the line uh, you know this basically their their coaching staff's philosophy is is to chase three-pointers off the line so it just seems like you guys haven't shot as many threes as i would have expected um but from hearing you it says uh, you, you're saying that you do have a lot of confidence in these guys to shoot threes. Um, is that how important is that? Because obviously you have one player that's taking a, you know a lot of shots, and we've at WSU we've had um, you know different coaching staffs where they've had that, and then you've seen other players on the team who just completely pass off shots. How do you have you know one player who's kind of a dominant offensive player, but still? Um, instill that confidence in the other guys to that when they have a look that they're fine. You're fine with them letting it fly. Yeah. You know, it's, it's striking a balance and, uh, and it's difficult to be honest. I mean, it's, uh, it's something we struggle with and, and, uh, and you struggle with it everywhere you coach, no matter who you coach is, uh, what's the right kind of shot distribution for the team. Because uh, it's it's not going to be equal, you know. Your your best team is never everybody shoots the exact same number of shots, you know. So um, that's something we're working through. I mean, I think you guys you referenced Isaac. You know, he's he's a really good player for us, and and he's a guy that we rely on and is uh, really good for us in practice. And uh, he's he's a guy that is going to take more shots than than the other guys. You know, it's kind of how he's wired and a little bit what we recruited him um, to do. Now, um, from his perspective, I I think he would be the first to tell you that he expects himself to make more shots. And, um, you know, I, I think the hardest critic on Isaac Bonton is is Isaac Bonton. You know what I mean? It's it's not anybody on Coog on Fan or writing on the blog or on Twitter – it's himself, you know, he, like Noah, he wants us to be really good and expects us to win a ton of games. And, um, in order to do that, we all need to be clicking on all cylinders and playing the best that we can. So, you know, he'll, you know, my, I can tell the fans for sure. Like he's working on it. He's, uh, he's in the gym shooting all the time. Um, and, and we're, as a team, we're still molding it together in terms of, you know, this is the right time to take that shot here. We need to be a little more focused on, on getting our teammates involved and getting the ball moving a little bit more. Um, I, I don't think overall we've shot it great so far, at least, uh, compared to what we're capable of. I mean, obviously Isaac has shot it tremendously better in the past. So I think that'll go up, but, 
but still there's some others. I mean, I, I could tell you Ryan Rapp makes threes in practice. So <laughs> I know he hasn't made one in a game yet this year. I promise he could shoot. So, um, you know, eventually those will start falling. I, I think Miles is still um, on the schneid from three also. So, you know, some of those some of those are going to fall. I, you know, it's just a matter of time. And and part of it, too, is, is getting comfortable with each other. And, and that takes practice reps and unfortunately in in the world of covid those practice reps are uh you know there's just less of them than there is than there was in the past whether that's because of you know a temporary pause where you can't do team activities or that's uh just not being able to do anything during the spring and almost anything during most of the summer you know those are those are kind of things that maybe the average fan doesn't think about every time. Um, but they're real things, you know, heaven, if we had three more months coaching these guys, we'd, we'd probably be a little further along on offense, you know, to be honest with you. So, um, whatever, we'll, we'll get better though. They're, they're hungry. They want to get better. Um, they're all working at it individually. And, you know, I think that'll happen. Yeah. I, I I do want to ask you about rap because I, I know like, the casual fan sees, you know, zero points, zero points, zero points, zero points, zero points. But, but he has been, uh, your, your plus minus all-star this year, which is kind of wild. And, um, what, it, what is it that he does on the floor? That's, that is, that it, cause you guys are turning to him for, you know, pretty meaningful minutes, especially his last couple of games. Uh, he's obviously doing a lot of things right, even if he's not scoring. Maybe for the, you know, for the casual fan who who may not be looking for certain things, what is it that he's doing? Um, you know, from your guys's perspective, that that really is bringing that value and helping you guys win. Yeah, you know, I I think he gets us organized offensively. I think he's a unselfish, willing passer, pass first type player. Um, and that, that only helps guys like Isaac and Noah, you know, it it takes a little bit of strain off them, um, to be able to get some catch and shoot threes. You know, I think we got a couple of those today. Um, one that I can remember for sure off a pass from Ryan. Um, and those, those help efficiency, you know, catch and shoot threes are a lot easier to make than off the dribble threes. So we're, we're trying to, to get where we're, you know, creating more rotations for the defense where we're throwing out, making the extra pass, you know, driving the next close out, throw it out again, shoot that open three. So he helps there. And then to his, to his credit, I mean, he has worked extremely hard at becoming a better defender and, and being able to keep in front, you know, the kind of athletes and, and slashers that you're going to see at, at, uh, at the PAC 12 level. So, um, you know, again, like when we talked, we talked about our, our defense and some of the improvement there, you know, we kind of heaped a lot of the praise at the feet of uh, F.A. and Vova and, and also Noah and, and they deserve it. But, um, you know, the other guys have have stepped up, too. I mean, Isaac defends his butt off every game, you know, and that's that's something whether he makes shots or not. He always does a really nice job checking his guy, getting into our ball screen coverages, keeping dudes in front contesting threes um ryan's worked hard there andre i know we've been we've been all over his butt about uh kind of defending and and all the freshmen tj same thing so um they're they're all trying to do that 
You mentioned the challenges of COVID with, um, you know, not being able to practice as much, get as much development time, et cetera, et cetera, with these guys. Um, you know, we spent the first segment talking about the the situation with the football team and how they've played, you know, three games out of out of the six they were supposed to play up until this point. They've got one more, um, and just how hard the, it all must be. You know, you've got we, we mentioned you got teams, you know, football teams on the East Coast saying, you know, we we just don't even want to play in a bowl game. This has all been so uh, so stressful and draining. You know, I, I'm I'm really curious for for you guys. Uh, you know, basketball standpoint, your seasons. You know, obviously just getting started. Um, you already had your own. You know, COVID postponement. You know, what's it like day to day for you guys um, navigating your way through this, uh, you know, the daily testing and just kind of all the stuff that fans don't see that maybe they're just sort of uh, te- like like able to be ignorant about because they because they, they just don't have to think about it versus, you know, with you guys. Um, I mean, this is this is a day to day thing. I know Coach Smith mentioned, you know, the fact you didn't get to go out of town for Colorado, which is not a thing that I would have thought about at all as being a thing but actually when he said it i was like oh yeah that, that kind of makes that makes a lot of sense so i mean what is it about the day-to-day for you guys that um you know that, that's challenging about about this environment yeah you know so it's interesting i i would say on the day-to-day level it's just really a, a slight inconvenience meaning it's you know, you might have to get up early to get do your nasal swab. You know, before the game. Uh, obviously, you got to wear a mask everywhere you go. And um, at this point, that's just kind of old hat. That's not, that's not even like a surprise anymore. But at first, that felt a little weird. Um, but the the bigger issues are more the stoppages in practice, the stoppages in play. Um, and we've been pretty fortunate so far. I mean. Having only one game postponed out of out of uh, six is uh, probably a decent ratio compared to the rest of the country. Um, it's not perfect by any means, but we're doing all right. And uh, you know, to me, I mean, I, I love coaching hoops. I love playing it, even though I didn't play it very well. I, I certainly enjoyed playing it, um, and I, I think our guys love playing too. You know, so. I'm not at the place where maybe some of those football coaches from back East are that you mentioned. I mean, we love playing. We love having the season. We want to keep going, play as many games as we can. Um, but but maybe that's colored by the fact we have played five games so far. You know, if it was, if it was December 14th and uh, we still hadn't played a game or we'd play one game, you know, maybe I would uh, have a little different perspective on things. Yeah, and you guys, I mean, you have a, a stretch here um, where you're in Pullman uh, until at least uh, January 7th. Um, what are you doing keeping yourself busy in Pullman other than talking to podcasters? Yeah, there's probably been a little too much of that if we're being honest. But, uh, <laughs> no, um, well, I've gotten into Game of Thrones, so... You know, I'm way behind the times on that. I think everybody watched that about three years ago or so. But, uh, you know, I've, st- I've started slowly but surely uh, knocking those episodes out. You're probably one of the few basketball coaches that actually ha- – that's probably pretty pretty uh, standard timeline for getting into shows for basketball coaches, I assume, is three years after anyone, has a- anyone else has stopped watching them. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's about right. I'm, you know, I'm I'm even more delayed in some other things. I mean, this uh, earlier this summer when when we were really doing nothing basketball wise, just nothing. Uh, I knocked out the whole uh, wire, the wire from oh yeah episode one all the way through. So that was uh, I'm, I'm what 15 years behind on that one. And well, yeah. there, there comes a point where you're far enough behind that you don't have to worry about spoilers anymore because nobody's talking about it anymore. Yeah, and so what you're saying is you haven't listened to Taylor Swift's new album yet. <laughs> no, that that's two years from now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. Well, um, I, I guess we'll we'll let you get back to your your uh, Game of Thrones. Um, uh, no spoilers there. Anyone don't be tweeting spoilers at John. Um, but, uh, yeah, we really appreciate you taking the time to come on, on a game day and everything. Um, uh, hope, you know, you, you get some rest this week. Obviously you have a, you know, the kids have finals week and everything. Um, hopefully you're able to keep them focused. I know that end of finals week game has always been a, a traditionally challenging one, I'm sure for coaches. So, um, uh, hopefully all that, um, goes well and, and yeah, we we appreciate you coming on, John. No, thanks for hosting me. It's a uh, it's a long season. We got a long way to go, but just trying to take it uh, one day at a time. And and uh, Montana State's a good team, so they uh, they beat UNLV already this year by thirteen. I want to say so that uh, that won't be an easy game, but hopefully we can uh, keep stringing them together. Awesome, thanks, John. Appreciate it, guys. Have a nice night.